0: This is a founding media podcast. Welcome to this edition of Founders of Fashion Podcast. I'm your host Jennifer Millspaugh. I'm the CEO of Aesthetic Ventures and the Austin Fashion Initiative. On this podcast series, we're exploring all things fashion in conversation with amazing entrepreneurs who are making a contribution to this space. I wanna thank Founding Media Productions for producing this series. Today, we're talking with Monchi Garza, founder and designer of Suaves Shoes. Suaves is a shoe brand based here in Austin, Texas. Let's jump into our conversation. Uh, Moxie, I've got my Suaves on today. Yep. Um, We're sitting here in this lovely, cold, rainy day in Austin. (laughs) Fall hit us hard this year. Um, anyway, I love my swabs because they're so flexible around my feet and they just move with me throughout my day, but take us back to the beginning. How did you come to launch the brand?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, well, uh, everything began when I was living and working in Spain. Um, I was working in the fashion industry, so I wanted to, you know, look well put together and look stylish, but at the same time I wanted to be comfortable as well because I was, walking to work every day I was taking the metro or the train to work and then I had to go out and like run up my errands meet up with my friends for happy hour or like you know do all these d- different things on my feet all day and I realized I was always um thinking about my feet I was getting blisters they were um getting sweaty and just like painful annoying um so I wanted to look for a comfortable pair of shoes to wear that was also stylish, and I couldn't find something like that anywhere. So, like I would, I don't know, look for Skechers or Clarks or things like that, but they were either too
0: bulky. Yeah, or, if they were comfortable, they're big and bulky and just kind of yeah, uh, you know, the clunky. There's not they're not really sleek. Yeah. Um. And I I
1: actually bought this really cool pair of um sneakers they were like a converse by missoni Mm -hmm. and they they were very comfortable they were also stylish but they looked very athletic so sometimes you just don't want to look sporty you just want to look you know like you're going to work you're going to a meeting and you want to be comfortable as well and then you want to go and like take your dog out for a walk and you want to keep the same shoes on so i wanted something like that and that's when i started thinking
0: about this idea for a comfortable pair of shoes that you could wear anywhere. So how many, like, how long did you kind of work on those initial first designs and sketching? You sketch all of your designs.
1: Yes. So um, when I first started coming up with this idea, I think I just like um, sketched maybe it was a completely different design than what I actually started off with when I launched the brand. Um that was like it took me a year from the first sketches to um actually like the the actual style um I think I went through maybe five different um design sketches first, and then the final one was the first prototype, and then I went through like um
0: maybe like five or six different prototypes before launching the actual product. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Yeah, I love that idea of that creative process. So, you know, would you sketch and then stick it up on the wall and just kind of forget about it for a while? Or, you know, do you just sketch and then, like, leave it and then come back and, oh, yeah, I have another idea? So for
1: this particular style, um, my first sketch was actually just, like, a dream kind of thing. And I left it for maybe a, a few weeks. And then I went back to it. I found it on my desk again. And I was like kept thinking – I kept looking back on this, and I, like, really wanted to explore this idea. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, I would leave it, and then I would look at it again. And actually, I don't know if, like, a lot of creatives probably experience the same thing. Like, when you write something or when you draw something, you like it as soon as – like, when you're done with it, you're, you like it. But then when you wait a while and then you go back to it, you're like, oh, like, this is actually not that good. And so you, like, make changes and things like that. So – um, I would leave it, go back to it uh, a few times, and then the prototypes. As soon as I like designed them, I sent them to uh, be made, and then as soon as I got them back, I was like, "Okay, wait a second. I actually don't like this that much.
0: Change this and that, and then send it back." And yeah. Okay, so it was kind of like the act, you know, the act of developing those initial prototypes, where you're able to sit there and say, "No, this isn't exactly." What I envisioned, I feel yeah. like that's so hard um whenever I try to sketch anything, and I am not by any means an artist or a designer, but it's like you have the idea um I feel like painters do this really well, where they're essentially painting the back forward, so mm-hmm. they have the vision for what they want it to look like at the end result, but then they begin you know what they have to paint in the beginning is not what the end result yeah. is, they have to add the layers, yeah, and so I feel like that's kind of. What happens for really any innovation, you know, if you're sitting there or thinking any design that you're sitting there, you, you paint those back layers of what you think it's supposed to look like yeah, and then it just keeps progressing.
1: Yeah. And also like, for, for example, the shoe I wanted to make was not only for me, it was for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to design something that was really comfortable that anybody could wear anywhere. So when I got the samples back, I would have like my grandma tested, my husband, my Brother, you know everybody testing the shoes out, and then you get all this different types of feedback, and then that's when you go back and you correct everything.
0: Mm-hmm. So, how important is it? I think it's really unique that your brand is really it's gender neutral, like, yeah. and I love that. I feel like that's a really modern aesthetic to bring into um, the fashion industry, and uh, something that we're just now starting to see uh, is this combination of it's not either masculine or feminine; it's just it's kind of um like it conforms to who the person is wearing it and their own style and there's something about it so how important is it you know was it to you to design in that way
1: um i think ever since the beginning it was one of the main points that i was focusing on apart from comfort it's uh not just the gender neutral aspect of it but the versatility so I wanted anyone to wear this one style of shoe like I wanted this one style that I designed to just be perfect for anybody to be able to wear anywhere Mm -hmm. so not just me but my grandma my husband like any kind of person can wear these shoes Mm -hmm. so I really focused on that and that's why I got all these different people to try them on and you know you can I wanted to be able to wear them with a pair of like work pants or a skirt or shorts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I love that. I, th- I think that's so hard to do, so hard to achieve is design that does, cause it's easy to sit here and say, oh, I'm going to pigeonhole it and stick it in this. This is the one thing, but to think about its use and the way it like transcends different, you know, you you don't, it's, you, there's no way that you could ever anticipate all the different ways that people are going to wear it or all the different types of outfit combinations or whatever, but it takes a lot of thought to go into the design of the shoe yeah. to get to something that is close to that or yeah. achieves that. And also um, the
1: first design I came out with was the Barton slip on mm-hmm and
0: so describe for those of us who are listening what does that look like so
1: the barton slip-on is basically a slip-on shoe but it has this strap that goes over the top it makes it look uh, sleeker really nice for work and um this was the first style that i came out with it's kind of like a little bit
0: i would say like a riff on a loafer a loafer yeah. yeah
1: um so, this was the first style I came out with, and um I noticed that we had maybe ninety percent female customers and very few male customers. And I was like, "Wait a second, I'm doing something wrong here. I'm going for like what I want is a shoe that anybody can wear, mm-hmm. not just like not just women want to to wear. So I started you know asking for feedback again and asking people uh, why why don't you want to try the shoe? What what kind of, or what would you change in this type of shoe uh, to make you want to wear it? Um, and a lot of men or a lot of guys said, you know, lace-ups or sneakers. So that's when I started, you know, thinking about that new style, of the Zelker, which is the lace-up version that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took me about a year or so to come up with, like, the perfect style, not just for men, but for women as well. Mm -hmm.
0: And yeah, that's the second design that we launched. Awesome. Yeah. So the, um, like, uh, walk me through a bit of kind of that evolutionary process of going and getting feedback and then talking, you know, learning from your customers. I feel like, um, on one hand designers, um, design from a perspective of, in a way, designing for themselves. They, the idea is, and the brand is intimately connected to who they are as individuals and their personal journey. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you want to be able to sell your stuff. So, um, and and I think the number one cliche thing that people talk about is listen to your customer. So yeah. what was that journey like of figuring out who your customer was and um, learning from them?
1: So, I mean, you do have to be very careful of about what kind of feedback and what um, advice you take and you don't take. So, for example, one one mistake I made was I got a lot of people asking – they wanted for a, a light blue version of the slip-on. And, I, I mean, it, it's a really nice color, but then yeah. – um, as soon as we launched it, I noticed like, okay, the Nobody sales are not comparing to yeah. what the actual feedback was. So, um, y- yeah, you just have to like, I-, I guess with time, you'll start to understand, uh, what the, um, I guess what customers or you-, you start to understand what customers really want instead of like what they're asking for. And for example, a lot of the, um, feedback we get is actually when customers are returning the shoes and they're telling me, you know, I'm returning them because I don't maybe the width is is too or they're too narrow or like the fabric I don't know something like that. They're not really telling me, you know, make a shoe like this color, but they're more of like providing that kind of feedback and if it's very constant and repetitive in a large amount of customers, then you're like, okay, this is actually an issue that
0: I should be looking at changing. So then if I can edit it, and, yeah. you know, you keep refining. I think yeah. that's so important is that um, I really think about when you're talking about, when you're building a company, you're talking about developing a brand and you're developing it from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does begin with, you know, the pers- the founder, I think is so important to that. Yeah. And the, your personal journey as a founder, but then at a certain point, you know it, maybe it happens over time or whatever but it evolves beyond you and then yeah. you you know and it becomes something bigger than you but it becomes an interaction it's yeah. no longer a static thing or just an idea it's yeah. it's like an an organism in and of itself
1: yeah um and i think it's a constant thing you can't it's n- never going to be perfect mm-hmm. so there's always going to be things that i can be changing or like you know, as time passes, maybe people start wanting different things and then you have to adapt to these different things that people want. So you have to constantly be, you know, on the lookout
0: of for, for what people want really. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, there's still things that stay the same. So how do you define what, what is it about suaves that stays the same? So our main focus is
1: comfort and versatility um, but at the same time, I really, really focus on keeping the shoe very minimalist, like have a very minimalist design and style. Um, and that also plays into the versatility aspect. You can wear these shoes with basically anything. I'm not going to be making this like very extravagant type of shoe that you can't wear with anything else. So that versatility
0: aspect, that comfort aspect is always going to stay the same. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you didn't want it to be particularly athletic. So would you call your brand an athleisure brand or kind of what category are you looking to fill or are you looking to create a new category?
1: Well, when people ask me, I always say Suave's is a lifestyle footwear brand. So it's more about the lifestyle than what the actual product is. So I guess... For Suaves, the person who wears them is somebody who doesn't really want to think about what shoes they're going to wear, so they can just slip the shoes on and go. Like, you can go to work in them. You can go hang out with your friends in them. You can travel with them. You can keep them in your bag because they're really lightweight and compact.
0: They're so. super lightweight. They fold up into, like, not they squish into, and then they just go right back. Yeah. So... Yeah. To me, I dance ballet, so they feel like ballet shoes yeah. to me, but then something more substantial at the same time as well. Yeah. I say it's
1: like a sock with a rubber sole.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one thing I think is interesting. So you you mostly distribute via uh, e-commerce. Yeah. Um, so in a way, you're what you know we call in the industry now a vertical brand, meaning that you, there, there isn't really a lot of middlemen. You go straight to the factories and you design it and it's your design and you work with that factory and then you sell it directly to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And, um, this is something that, you know, Warby Parker is really kind of known for yeah. revolutionizing and, and bringing to the forefront. Um, and so what are, you know, there's now, I feel like there's lots of companies popping up everywhere and there's like, I'm the Warby Parker of, fill in the blank. And so, and I remember hearing a story with their founders talking about how, you know, what did they, you know, they kind of combined different innovative ideas to be who they were because there was no Warby Parker to make them. So how do, what are some of the things that make you unique and what are some of the areas that where you're looking to innovate? So I think, yeah, we always get compared to
1: these Other vertical brands, right? And And there's so many, and they're all on Facebook everywhere now. Um, Honestly, when I first launched Swabs, i I wasn't looking at all these brands. I was just thinking about the idea, and I think what differentiates us or like any brand from these other vertical brands is when you can actually, when you're focusing on the product. And you're focusing on trying to bring something really cool and having a lot of people where, you know, like, mm-hmm. get your idea out there. A customer there. experience. Yeah. When you're focusing on that more so than, you know, being the next Warby Parker or the next Uber or the next uh, Facebook, Airbnb. Right. Fill in the blank. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I feel like those brands that are trying to be the next so-and-so, they're more like not really focusing knockoffs. on making <laughs> – yeah <laughs> yeah I mean they're not really focusing on making their actual products amazing. They're more focusing on like trying to be somebody else, which is like
0: or replicate a model for somebody else, yeah, and,
1: and you can i mean it's it's smart to look at all these other brands and take the good things that they're doing and implement them into your own business but it's I don't think it's a good idea to just like try to be them.
0: you know what I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you love, um, about kind of the suaves? I want to, first I want to talk about the name, how you came up with the name. and And then I want to know like what you love most about them.
1: Um, so the name came from the word suave, which is soft in Spanish and suave, which is like in English means, like, you know, elegant or mm-hmm. confident. Like smooth, yeah, smooth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like a combination of both things, and I thought it just it made sense for me. Um, And what I like most about swaths is I didn't – I basically designed them not just for everybody else, but for me too. I wear my swaths every single day. I don't wear anything else. Well, sometimes you'll see me, you know, wearing, like, sandals or running shoes. But apart from that, it's just like, I can't live without my saws anymore.
0: So. Yeah. They're a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, where do your ideas come from? Do you still have other ideas for other designs for shoes or, um, or, or are you kind of sticking with this core and building from there? Yeah.
1: So right now I know that there's a product that really works. Um, and I'm going to be focusing on, you know, like, just creating new colors and new styles based on this actual, like, this one style. And I'm also working on bettering other styles as well. So we're working on that slip-on version that I showed you the other day. Mm-hmm. Um And we are also... Look, one thing that I've noticed is a lot of our customers are actually really like they're frequent travelers. So we're trying to bring in that travel aspect to the brand and we're working on this like cool new travel related product that we will be probably launching next year. So
0: cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're, um, you, re- I, I get what you mean about being a lifestyle brand, and, and in the sense that you're trying to fill a need, not just for the aesthetic of how something looks, but also the way it feels and the way it moves. And I feel like generally that's something actually in the fashion industry overall that we that we lose. So like when we get into this idea of collection after a collection after a collection, it's like, well, what are you designing this for? What, it, not only what what is it designed to reflect, but you know, what's the purpose? Yeah. And, um, it seems like you have a very clear intention about, you know, specific elements that you put into the shoe. I remember when we were talking about redesigning the Barton, you were talking about, oh, it it has this feeling on this inside and I want to make that feel better on the foot. And, and of course,
1: I really go, I go a lot based on touch. So ever since I studied fashion design and, when I was picking out my fabrics for designing a dress or like a, a jacket or anything, I I really love touching soft fabrics and having them feel smooth on my skin. So I always focus on that as well. Mm-hmm. So if it's not comfortable, then I need to change that. And I always need to make it
0: better. Mm-hmm. Did you think when you were starting and studying fashion that this is kind of the, the company or the style of company that you would launch? Nope. Yeah. What were yeah. you thinking as a as a younger younger person? What you wanted to do?
1: Honestly, um, I think one of my dreams or ideas was to launch a menswear inspired brand for women. Yeah. So like um, really well constructed coats and pants and suits. Mm-hmm. That was my first idea, but. Now I'm making shoes. Now I'm making
0: <laughs> shoes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, what's the vision for the future of your company?
1: Um, I think for the near future, just keep focusing on creating really comfortable versions of what we have right now, and keep listening to customer feedback, and keep bringing. You know, I my goal is to have Everybody have that go-to pair of suaves Shoe. shoes that can just slip on and go. So anything new that I can come up with that sticks to this idea.
0: Okay. yeah. Well, I have one more question for us, um, but before I get into that, where can people find you? Um, you can find Suaves or you can
1: talk to us on sw- Um,
0: or you can... And how how, Suavs is spelled in a unique way. S-U-A-V-S dot com. Yeah. And so, okay, last question. How has your life changed since you've launched the company?
1: Yeah. So I think the most difference I can see is how I spend my time. Before, when I was working for somebody, it was my nine-to-five job, and then as soon as I got home, it was just, like, you know, my other stuff, my uh, watching TV or going to the gym or whatever. And now it's – I wake up, and I'm thinking about slavs. I Before going to bed, I'm thinking
0: about slavs. Yep. So it's, like – Making my to-do list for what seven. I need to do. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so I think that's the main difference. Um, I still go to
0: the gym, but <laughs> – yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to schedule that. in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, Moxie, it's, I could talk to you all day long, all the time. So um, thanks for joining us. And yeah. thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for listening to our Founders of Fashion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to see the vidcast of this and other founding media productions, join our Masters and Founders group on Facebook. I'm your host, Jennifer Millspaugh. To learn more about my work in building Austin's fashion industry, visit austinfashioninitiative.com. Founders of Fashion is produced by Mariah Gossett and audio engineer Jake Wallace. Thank you to all the folks at Founding Media. And thank you for listening.